Welcome to the Be Ruthless Show, where we have the conversations that other people don't. The conversations that other people won't. I'm your host, Sam Ruth, and I'm ready to make a lot of noise and disrupt things ruthlessly. Thanks for being here today. Now let's get to it. Welcome back to the Be Ruthless Show. I'm your host, Sam Ruth. How is the weather by you? It is bizarre here in Colorado, as usual. People always say you need to be prepared for everything at all times. And after having days of my convertible top down, it is snowing. Nothing major, just, you know, flurries and it'll be gone in no time. But it still never ceases to amaze me. And when I first lived here, it blew my mind. I used to call Jim at work, like in the spring, summer, when we would have plans to go to a concert or a Rockies game or something in the evening and say at like two, three or four, it would be raining or the weather would be bad. And I would think, oh my God, we have to change our plans. Tonight is ruined. And he would know better because he's lived here for however long at that time. And I did not know better at that point. And now I know that it can change multiple times by that point. (laughs) Um, It just still amazes me, excuse me, I swallowed wrong, that it can change from 60 whatever degrees to snow that quickly. Uh, You know, rain to clearing up that I can get, but major, major sunshine, you know, being outside, feeling like it is summer to snow, it still blows my mind. And my dogs are confused too. They don't get it either. I'm not the only one. So what is it like by you? Has it changed drastically? Is it just a Colorado thing? Tell me I need to know. It just it still, it will always confuse me. I also want to fill everyone in. If you've been listening, you know, I have been a little bit of a wreck. Sassy has had some stuff going on and we finally got the results yesterday. If you're listening live, she is fine. Well, she's still on an antibiotic and will be for another few weeks and we have to go back to the vet, but It is just a bacterial infection, a horrible one, uh, but nothing more. It is not at all cancerous. And so I got a wonderful night's sleep for the first time in a couple of weeks when I posted it on social media because, you know, everyone knows I have been a mess. She has been doing much better than I have, which is usually the case. She doesn't know that we have been waiting for results. (laughs) I do. Um, But a bunch of people commented like, my God, it feels like you've been waiting for those lab results for a while. And we have, there have been a few sequences of tests. We did one set, got the results, had to do more, just like humans, medical tests and the waiting game is never fun. So thank you so many People have just reached out, sent love, said we're thinking of you, and it means the world. I would rather have anything wrong with me than have anything wrong with my pups, your animals. It breaks my heart when 
animals are suffering. They cannot tell us what's wrong and we have to figure it out for them. Babies as well. When people can't talk and communicate, you know, and like babies can at least point a little bit and, you know, we can say, where does it hurt? Uh, it's so, so frustrating and being helpless and not knowing and not being able to fix it is just so frustrating. So thank you. I want to talk today about some safety concerns going on at the University of Colorado and within Colorado. I have talked about things that have gone on within the schools and not only has it not made national news, it hasn't even made news throughout the state. When I've talked to other people in different areas, not everyone has heard and that's frustrating when it is gun violence, bomb threats, things that are alarming and affect the mental well-being of students, teachers, faculty, all faculty, janitors, principals, anyone working in the building, as well as the students and the parents and families and siblings of all involved. So it's also happened at the college, um, University of Colorado in Boulder. And so the student government has passed legislation to ensure students' well-being in connection to all of these threats. And I want to point out that this is in relation to the actual reported statistic statistics of gun-related threats. There have been numerous false threats. A couple of weeks in a row, there were threats called in that were proven to be false. That does not mean that those students and faculty and staff went home unaffected. But those statistics are not a part of this study. And those people still are impacted. So I want to talk about I have said since I've lived here, mental health care in Colorado, pardon my language, sucks. And I am not talking to the therapists and the psychologists and psychiatrists. And I'm not even talking to the teachers and principals. I'm talking to the government. I Dora, the Department of Regulatory Affairs, I is like I made the, I made Dora a person. I talked about Dora when I moved here, like as if Dora was an individual. And I was frustrated with Dora and all of the hoops I had to go through. And I hear this from people who move into Colorado. I do not know what it's like if you live here, if you move here and you go to college here and you graduate and you get your license and your degree. I, I believe that it is a simpler process. If I'm wrong, I would love to know. Please let me know from the people I know in my circle I have heard that it is an easier process. And the frustration is if you come into the state already licensed in another state, already with a career, and you want to transfer that career here, uh, you know, so you're not coming into school and then getting that degree. So dealing with Dora and transferring that license, not getting a license for the first time. The process is miserable. 
it felt like they added a new course and a new stipulation every time I completed one. And it truly was like, they just kept putting hurdles in my way and did not want me to be a part of the healthcare team and be a part of the workforce. And all I wanted to do was help and offer my support and services and be a part of change in Colorado and be a part of helping young adults and families and people in crisis. And as I've lived here, the crisis has increased. The problems are larger. The threats are bigger. And I'm not just saying that here. That's everywhere. The world we live in is scary. The things we are seeing are scary. And if, if I was in charge, I would want all the help I could get. And I would want to make the process simple. And I am not battling Dora and I am not in politics, but write your, right? So here are the students at CU taking on legislation and saying, our students don't feel safe going to class. We want to create legislation so that there are ways to attend class online and so that students are not failing and getting dropped from classes because their attendance is declining because of gun threats. Legitimate, we are asking these people whose attendance is declining, what's going on? Why are you not attending? And their answers are telling us we don't feel safe. We don't feel safe because of these reasons. This is mental health care, folks. I'm telling you, we need it to change. There was an article that came out last week that said something about 125 out of 180 schools in Colorado do not have mental health professionals on staff. And then I read the article and it tried to say, but that's not a problem because we have this and we have that and they have access to this and they have access to that. I'm sorry, our kids are telling us loud and clear, I don't feel safe. I wanna tell you that the American with Disabilities Act does not allow you to fail a student for not attending class when they are saying, I am anxious, I don't feel safe. They might not be using the words anxious. They might not know that this is a mental health issue, but I am telling you that it is. And someone can step in and help them understand. And in Michigan, this wouldn't be happening this way. We wouldn't need to be rewriting legislation and creating something because the there is a counselor that would be saying, oh my God, we have an attendance issue. I'm going to call the parents and see what's going on. And the parents would say, my child is afraid to go to school. And we would be addressing it in a family manner and bringing in professionals to say, what can we do? We would be having an IEP. We would be creating a 504 plan. These are special services to address well-being. And I don't care what we call it. I say all the time, I don't care about labels. I don't care if we call it the hiccups, okay? We need to create a plan so that your child can get to school in whatever way that looks like. If right now that means sitting at home on the computer, interacting with their teacher through Zoom and email, 
because gun threats are making them feel unsafe. Thank you for speaking up. Tell your child, thank you for using your voice. Thank you for telling me that. I know a family with an eight or nine-year-old that has a voice. And I say to them, whatever you're doing, you're doing it right because your child is telling you how she feels. Not all children have that voice or use that voice. It is our job to teach that. And I'm going to use a silly example, but it is a media figure, a public figure. Kelly Clarkson was on a podcast this week. I believe it was on Monday. And she talked about her, you know, her divorce and how she talks to her kids every night before bed. And she asks them two questions. Are you happy today? How are you feeling? Are you happy? And if not, what could we do to make you happier? This is how you communicate with your kids. You do not have to have a degree. You do not have to know how to talk about divorce, how to talk about grief, how to talk about guns in school. You can say, do you feel safe today? And if not, what can we do to make you feel safer? Do you feel happy today? And if not, what can we do to make you feel happier today? Kelly Clarkson, thank you for being you, for being 100% open, you, real, all of the time. On any, any platform that I see you on, you are a thousand percent you and the world needs that. And the world needs to know that divorce is messy and that it affects children and that you don't have to talk about what's going on between you and your ex-husband. You didn't do that. You didn't give them adult information that they don't need to be a part of. You had a conversation about their feelings. And she even talked about, you know, it breaks her heart sometimes when their answers are, you know, no, I'm sad. I want mommy and daddy in the same house. This is the world we live in. These are the answers you will hear. And she responds authentically and says, I know, you know, that's a big deal. Those are real feelings. And I'm sorry that you have to go through that, but we both love you so much and you will always be loved so much, right? We need to acknowledge that these little humans go through big, real, powerful emotions. And whether we are talking about elementary school, middle school, high school, or college, I'm sorry. When I went into college, I was 17. I turned 18 my freshman year in November. So I was always the baby, even senior year, right? I'm turning 21. We're still growing up in our 20s. We're still little humans. We're, we think we know it all. We don't. These are young people dealing with adult things. We struggle with these gun threats and massive traumas as adults dealing with adult issues. We need to have these conversations with our young adults. We need to say, are you okay today? And if not, what can we do to make you more okay? And with my clients, there are people dealing with things where happy is way too far away, right? 
When I lost Jim, happy was impossible. I never thought I would smile again. I never thought I would laugh again. Dreams. I thought my dreams were gone forever. So if you are dealing with someone going through something really, really difficult, we can adjust the question. We can adjust the spectrum. With my clients in those situations, I'm not talking about happy. I'm talking about what is going to take it down one notch? What is going to bring you a, li a little, a little bit of comfort, a little bit of peace? What's going to take the edge off and help you possibly relax and maybe bring, bring your shoulders down, right? Take that weight off. Make it feel like you can breathe. Those types of things. We look at who we're dealing with, what the conversation is about. And there are people like happy just isn't in the picture right now. I also have people, and I was there also, right? Who feel like they're not getting anywhere. They feel like you're drowning. You feel like I'm not making any progress. Am I ever going to get any better and you can't see your own progress when you're in the thick of it so I want to talk about the importance of celebrating the little things and whether that's writing them down for me I write them down in a bunch of different ways I have a journal that is only for positive things so that on difficult days I can look at that and it's not I don't have to scroll through my BS right? Like I'm not going to see all the complaining, right? I can see all the positive things to uplift me. I also have a jar that I put little notes in and I, I can see it getting full and you can see the jar grow. So if you don't want to actually look at the things, but you can see a visual reminder, like once the jar was empty, but okay, I am making progress. My jar is growing right? There are definite ways that we can look at those things. You can also remember, maybe you weren't sleeping through the night and now you're sleeping four, five, six hours. There are different ways to look at how far you're getting. And it's, it's hard when you're in it. If you need people to remind you, I'm, I'm a fan of asking others, help me remember you know, how far I've come. I'm a great cheerleader. And I also have my cheerleaders because when I'm in my own stuff, it's hard for me to see it, right? It's easy for me to see your progress and I need others to help me see mine sometimes. So I just want to point out that there are, there are all different types of things going on in this world that make people feel unsafe. And we might not know that certain things for, for different people, right? There are, there are things that I, for me, right? Driving is a big trigger. I've been in car accidents and getting lost used to be a really big, stressful thing for me. I've come a long way, but you wouldn't know that if I didn't tell you, right? There's a lot of things that are invisible and unknown, but I think we can all agree that gun violence and bomb threats and like those, those are 
obvious things that make anyone feel unsafe. And in Colorado, it's a problem that we need students, students to be creating legislation instead of the adults and the world around us. And it, it, it should be done for them. They're I'm proud. I'm proud to be in a place that the future generations see the problems and recognize what I see and, and what hasn't happened in the almost 10 years that I've been here. There's not progress, Colorado. We need to do better. We need to do better for these students, not just in Boulder and not just in the entire state and in all states. If people do not feel safe and they can't attend class, there is an other, there should be options. And I say this all the time, parents, students, if you don't know what they are, reach out, whether it is your school counselor, a mental health professional, the American with Disabilities Act does not allow schools to withhold these things, but they don't advertise them. There aren't commercials. There aren't signs in, in your schools on the billboard saying, if you're struggling, we provide A, B, C, D, and E. I've mentioned before that I have clients with anytime passes and all they have to do is walk up and discreetly show their teacher and walk out of the room and they can go to their counselor. And, and whatever that student needs, it's different for each, right? Some of them need to call me. Some of them need to meet with their counselor or meet with their parents. Some need to go home. It's different. Some just need a breather. Some people need actual physical movement, sitting still for too long. So, you know, there's different tools and identifying what works is a skill that helps them throughout the rest of their life. This isn't a pass to get out of class and walk around and call their friends. This is a pass to work on my body is telling me that I'm not okay. Just like other times my body tells me that I have to go to the bathroom and I'm allowed to do that. My body's telling me that I'm not okay and I don't know how to how what to do because we we've never been taught these things. So now I'm learning that I'm allowed to work on that. And this should be taught in schools and, and clients who are struggling, individuals at whatever age who are struggling with these things need to know that that's what we work on, right? When my anxiety is triggered, I first and foremost focus on my breathing because that gets me focused on my breathing and not on whatever else I was focused on. We have to work on those things and get through those moments, right? So this is a skill that helps them. And then they can get back to class and focus on academics. They can't focus on academics when their nervous system is in crisis. And it's invisible to their teachers. It's invisible. And it might look like acting out behavior. It might look like rule breaking. They might be labeled as bad kids. And I do not believe that there are bad kids. I believe that their behavior is telling us something. And it is my job and it is the people in my field's job to 
interpret that behavior and to read that behavior and say, oh, <laughs> right? Like, just like I was saying about my dog, I wish they could tell us something, right? I'm communicating, I'm, I'm reading those signs and I know, okay, they're telling me something, skipping school, not wanting to go to school. What are you trying to tell me? You don't feel safe. Something is wrong. So if you don't know how to have these conversations, uh, bring in a third party. I will ask the questions, but we can break it down into simple things. And again, thank you, Kelly Clarkson. Are you happy today? What can we do to make you happier? It can be that simple. It doesn't have to be complicated. It is about starting conversations and finding out how people are feeling. We need to protect our emotions. We need to protect our well-being. And I use Colorado as an example because this is a problem in many, many, many places. And it is an example that needs to be addressed. Our, our children, our adults, if you have an, an employment, if you have a job force, if you have a, somewhere that has been threatened, if you have had an employee that has been threatened at gunpoint, if you have had a bomb threat and you don't have mental health days and you don't have someone that you've brought in to do a training, please reach out, bring someone in. We need to have things like this in all places. I talked about being really, really triggered when Damar Hamlin collapsed on the field and saying, you know, if we all had a a medical staff on hand, if if there was a, a, a medical staff at Jim's work, he, he might still be here, right? If we all had a mental health staff on call, we would all be healthier and react in different ways and, and have different responses. And that's possible. You can reach out. You can reach out to me. You can call 988. This is the future. Be, be the change. Be the boss that reaches out to me. Be the boss that makes that call. And the teacher who brings in that special guest, have the training. Be the parent at night who has that conversation. We unfortunately live in this world with these events happening every single day. Thank you so much for listening. Please share this episode with someone who needs to hear it and who needs to know how to start a conversation or with someone who needs to know what to do at a school when they're struggling, who needs to know how to raise their hand and get out of a class when they're having anxiety. If you are struggling and you don't know what to do, ask for forgiveness, not permission. It is against the law. I can help you talk to your teacher or your principal. You, it, you, if you are struggling with anxiety, you cannot be failed. We will work it out. Please take care of your well-being first and your report card after parents reach out so we can go over what your school should be providing for your students who are struggling. Until I want to talk about something that's happening today in Denver, Colorado, and I might have missed some things and updates that I have not found that that I am behind. So I apologize if you are listening live and there is more to the story that I'm not aware of. Please let me know if you are listening to a replay. I'm sure that there are more updates 
that will keep happening. But at East High School, there has been a shooting. This is what I'm talking about. We are living in a world, in a day and age where we can see something traumatic happening. And a lot of the time, it is someone that people say, we had no idea that this is someone that was struggling. We didn't know what were the signs, what could we have looked for. But unfortunately, in this situation, this is someone that there were signs. This is someone who, while they made a plan, this is someone who agreed to a plan and part of the plan was a daily search. And during today's search, while they were searching this student's bag in order for him to enter school, he pulled out a gun and shot two staff who are, one is in stable condition, one is in critical condition in the hospital. This is in Denver, Colorado, East High School. This is the world we live in. The school is in lockdown. The students, the staff, the parents, people, on the internet are asking because we are hearing things. I am in Fort Collins, Colorado, far north, but we are hearing what is happening at East High School. When there is a lockdown, when people are in this situation, they can't contact their parents. People don't know if their students, if their children are safe and panic arises. And in Colorado, this is happening on a regular basis. It's it's the world we are living in. We need to do better for these kids, children. And I'm not trying to insult you. I know you 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 year olds want to be adults. But right now I want to talk about how we can take care of you today, tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, because post-traumatic stress doesn't happen immediately. It doesn't go away quickly. It can show up. I was talking with a, a, a friend earlier today about personal life and, and just, you know, having to go somewhere that triggers post-traumatic stress in real life. And that is in the day-to-day, -day, in, in our own life as we are living after things we have gone through. And that's nothing as traumatic as what these kids are living in Colorado when I moved here, all that there had been, you know, it was Columbine. And there have just been too many traumatic things here. My heart goes out to everyone impacted in this situation, to the families. Whether you have been impacted, you are impacted, right? There's no one who is not impacted. There are kids with siblings at this school that are worrying, the ripple effect is there, there aren't words to explain it. There are people, it takes me back to 9-11. It was my first day working in the Livonia schools. And there were people with family members in the military who they couldn't reach, who they couldn't get a hold of, who they, there were people with family members in New York City who they couldn't reach, who we just couldn't say, are you okay? And the fear that that evokes and the panic that that creates, if you've been in a situation, if you can think about what that physically brings up for you, if you have ever been in any, in any type of a situation where you have been literally physically scared and you can think about what that felt like and magnify that, these are children.
these situations are happening so quickly and then the school is locked down and they can't go find their parents and get a hug immediately. They have to wait and minutes, hours for however long. And then what systems do we have in place when they have to go back into the exact same building and go through the same routines into the same rooms and be expected to focus, perform, get the same grades, go through life as it was. We need to do better. This is the world we live in. And I recorded this earlier <laughs> before I knew this was happening. And I am coming back to talk about another tragedy. I am tired of tragedies. I am tired of tragedies happening and people suffering after the fact because we don't have things set up for them. And I live in a place that doesn't want support in the schools. I don't get it. I don't understand it. And again, I am not talking about the individual teachers, principals. What do we do? Parents, reach out to your boards, to your PTAs. If, if the students at the University of Colorado can create a legislation for their attendance because they don't feel safe, then we can do better. And I am telling you that it's not about what is possible academically. That's what I started this episode about. And it's no longer about that. It's about overall what we need to be doing for these individuals overall mental health care in the schools in the states how can we show up and provide the support that's needed they shouldn't have to cry out for help and say help it should just be there it should be as available as first aid is if you break your arm you should get you should be able to get a band-aid and you should be able to get an an emotional band-aid just as easily what can we do what can i do what can i do besides go on my little high horse and, and rant and rave when you live in a place that you're you know it's stacked against you where there are people who want to help where there are places that don't want the help or can't because the government dictates the rules. Do we just do what I do and create groups and volunteer programs in the community and hope people hear about it? That's why I say, please share this. Please let people who you know that are struggling let them know support is available. It's not common sense. It truly is not common sense. Commercials are not out there. Billboards are not out there. I am doing my best to connect with the places that make sense to me that, that would share this information. What makes sense to me might not be the only places share your ideas. Please let me know of places I'm not thinking of. We all need to do better together. Thank you so much for working with me on this. 
we are not only one voice. If you're thinking I'm just one voice, what can I do? That is part of the problem. We are all one voice and together we're louder and I'm making as much noise every single day and I will continue to do it. Please join me. And, and I know there are things I'm forgetting and not thinking of. So please let me know. And I would love to know what's working in your area. I always talk about Michigan where I'm originally from because it's certainly better there. I know people there say we need to do better. And I love that. I love that they want more progress. I I would love Colorado to be Michigan. Uh, to me, it's <laughs> it's like a whole new world. It's it's so great there, and um, you know, I I would love to be that far ahead. How can it be so different from one state to another? I and you don't have to get help in the state you're in. I'm working with someone in Florida right now in a situation legally and her attorney is so receptive and has said, thank you so much for your input because it hasn't been this way uh, with psychologists in Florida that I've worked with. I haven't heard these ideas, these suggestions, and I, I'm loving having you advocate in this way. And I'm loving learning these, these ideas and these rights for future clients, because it is different from state to state. And if we connect and share, we can all learn more. So again, if you are working with someone in Timbuktu, and it's not working, search in another place, connect with someone who seems to be a better fit, who knows more. Um, I, I'm not going to be bound by the rules here. It doesn't work for me. I, I am not happy with how things are going here and it works better in other places. And there has to be a way and we have to take things that work in other places and learn from what they're doing. And that's just gotta, that's gotta be the example we learn from. There are less tragedies in other places. So let's learn from those situations. Does that mean there are none? Of course not. Uh, and what are they doing after the fact? How are they how are they handling the outcomes in different ways? The fact that these kids have to go back to schools without trained staff available is a problem. And the fact that the students are speaking up and saying they don't feel safe, who would? I don't feel safe, right? I mean, let's do better. Anyone in Colorado who's struggling, Sam at SamanthaRuth.com, my website, SamanthaRuth.com. You can text me, email me, reach out anytime, 988. You can connect with a licensed, trained professional, and they will not hang up until you are connected with whatever it is that you are looking for and that you need. And this is the world we live in. Thank you for listening. And please, I want your input. I want your feedback. This is a show about conversations and your thoughts matter. So until next time, thank you so much.
always be ruthless. Thanks so much for listening today. Your support means everything to me, truly. If this podcast resonates with you, please do me a favor and join in the ruthless movement by making some noise and doing one of these four things. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Tell a friend so we can break stigmas even faster. Leave a review so people can see what you think of the show. And last, if you want to learn more about me and be a part of the Grief Hub community, please head on over to the Facebook group. We'd love to have you. Thanks again for spending your time with us and see you next week.